It's time for the drive stop four at four. Hour number two of the drive underway. It's fan run radio in the top four at four. Tucker Harlan. What do you got? Thank you, Russell. At number one, today, of course, is National Signing Day. Oh, yes, it is. Many of the players that signed with Tennessee were already committed, but there have been a a couple of new commitments here in the last 24 hours. Yes, there have been. For one, three-star tight end Cole Harrison from San Mateo, California, announced his commitment late last night. In addition to Harrison, Oregon State transfer defensive back Jermon McCoy postponed his commitment to this morning and chose the Vols over Texas A&M. Helps ease the wound of losing Sensabaugh last night. That it does. Would we rather have Sensabaugh or McCoy? Well, this guy's proven at the collegiate level, and Sensabaugh was committed to Vanderbilt before flipping to Missouri, and he just picked up his fourth star. Spoken like a true Vol message boarder, Tucker. Couldn't have said it better myself. Who wants Sensabaugh? McCoy is the real McCoy. Yeah. That's where it's at. Or maybe Bruce the real McCoy. Hmm. Be an interesting debate. Need to get him back too. We need to get yeah. him in the fold. Very well, could get Where's him the back. Announcement. Yeah, we'll hopefully get that here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. If he's making that decision. All right, so we got McCoy, Harrison, everybody who was supposed to sign is signed. No big. Yeah, Seaton's out there, but we're not getting him. No, sounds like Maryland is going to get him now, according to two four seven. Who get him next year? He goes to the portal. I mean, he's got portal written all over him, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Oh, man, goofy. I'm with Bear. We might have dodged a bullet there. Not not that he's going to be a bad player. Just drama. I'm not a big fan of drama. drama. You'd have to be dealing with this for a year. Is he going to go in the portal, beg him to stay? At number two, Michigan has received its notice of allegations from the NCAA related to alleged COVID-era recruiting violations. Mm. Jim Harbaugh faces a level one violation for, quote, providing false or misleading information related to impermissible contact I'm old enough to remember when we had to fire a coach for that. Yeah. I am, too. Tennessee truth teller Trey might have his face tattooed on his rear end here in a couple of months. That's a possibility. But no, the uh, cheeseburger thing is not going to cost Jim Harbaugh his job. No, it's not. It's okay. We got Rick Barnes now. We're good. Not going to cry about guy we had to fire 13 years ago. Water under the bridge. At number three, Florida has had renewed in Florida State rather has had renewed in-depth discussions about its long-term future in the ACC in recent weeks, with talks reigniting following the Seminoles' omission from the college football playoff earlier this month. That snub, which occurred after the Seminoles completed a perfect 12-0 regular season record before winning the ACC championship, angered many at the university among its board of trustees. Essentially, the last straw after a year spent voicing their displeasure with the conference. I just heard a bunch of words there. They're not going to do anything. They're not going to do anything. They lost their quarterback. They don't deserve to go. 
Quit whining. I, I don't want to hear any more Florida State whining stories. The question now well, is the, they want to leave the conference. They want to leave. They wanted to leave last year. But guess what? If they played in a real conference, they wouldn't have gone anyway. Because you know why? They would have lost a couple of games because they weren't that good. I agree with Russ. Florida State. Florida State. <laughs> That's all I hear. Somebody call the ambulance. Sick of those guys. And finally, at number four, Alabama backup quarterback Tyler Buckner says he will transfer back to Notre Dame to play lacrosse following the Crimson Tide's run in the college football playoff. Buckner, who began his football career with Fighting Irish and was the starting quarterback to begin 2022, has yet to officially enter the transfer portal, but did announce today on social media that he will return to Notre Dame and earn his degree in May. So if he had stayed at Notre Dame, would he have been their starter? Would they have not gotten Sam Hartman, or did they get Hartman anyway? Well, it was not a good situation up there with quarterbacks in Notre Dame because they they benched Buckner after he lost to Marshall, I believe, and then they had the Drew Pine kid, but he transferred out, and then Buckner was, you know, they – So maybe they were going to recruit over Buckner all along. They probably were. I'm just thinking, like, you went down to Alabama, you didn't play, you're going back, and you're playing a different sport now? (laughs) That's weird. Maybe if he's good at lacrosse, it'll work out. The guy who plays quarterback at Notre Dame and then transfers to Alabama makes me think he has NFL aspirations. And I would just say, like, you make the transfer, and less than a year later, you're out of the sport. (laughs) Like that, that did not go well. Yeah, that USF game was enough to make that determination <sighs> that he was Whew. not fit for the process down there at Alabama. Evidently. All right, that it. That's it. Thank you, Tucker. That is the top four at four. It's brought to you by Knoxville Smiles. It's where I go for all my dental work, and they would love to make your acquaintance in 2024. Check them out online at KnoxvilleSmiles.com. You tell them Fan Run sent you when you set up that first appointment. It's a great place, great facility, great people over at Knoxville Smiles. Let's go back to the phones here and talk to Jay. Good afternoon, Jay. You're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Happy signing day, Russ. Happy signing day. So, guys, next year, are we really about to take the Big 12 serious as a Power 5 conference when they don't have one team in the top 25 in rankings? <laughs> oh, in recruiting rankings? Yeah, recruiting rankings. <clears throat> Probably not. I mean, that's wild they're getting an automatic bid, just the same as the Big Ten and the SEC. Yeah, you know, I mean, Phil was lamenting a team like Liberty or somebody getting in yeah. there. but you get like an Oklahoma State or a Kansas in there now. Yeah, a 9-3 and three Kansas State team gets into the playoff yeah. at the expense of a 10-2 SEC team. That just gets run out. Yeah, that's kind of dumb. Well, you saw what Georgia and Alabama did to the two top Big 12 teams last year. Kansas State and uh, PCU. Yeah. It was a massacre. Did not go well. Uh, we're handing out participation trophies for the college football playoff. That's amazing. But, you know, Russ, I I thought going into this year, I thought the, the, the best we could do recruiting, and, and I kind of expected it, so we didn't do quite as well as I expected. But I was expecting somewhere between like five and eight five and nine as far as the rankings recruiting rankings go mm-hmm. the the top three just seems to be locked down by georgia alabama and ohio state 
I mean, those you can pretty much just pencil those three in almost every year. Yep. And so that leaves you somewhere between five and nine, really. We're 11th and 12th, so we're a couple spots, a few spots out of that range. So it's not quite what you want, but I also think it's a it's a really good class, pretty good class with with quality. And some of this meltdown I've been seeing, I don't think it warrants that, Russ. That's I think it could be a little better, but I'm I don't think it's the the meltdown kind of scenario that I think some people are. The meltdown stuff. The, the meltdown is interesting to me, Jay, because when I look at the message boards, I don't really see it. I, like I see some wringing of hands, but I think most people are smart enough mm-hmm. and to kind of take your stance, which is it's not great, but it's not bad either. The meltdown I see is on Twitter. It's like some of the the yeah. social media stuff I see is just idiotic. And, it's crazy. Uh, Chris in Fresno was texting me about that last night. I was like, dude, you just like. Uh, you, you just got to ignore that stuff, man, because half of it's trolls and the other half is casuals who don't know what the hell they're talking about. So, right, um, I, I'm with you, Jay. It's it's it, you know if if you'd gotten Seaton and maybe another defensive lineman, you held held on to somebody there, you know, another four star, another five star, um, you'd be in that top ten right where you want to be. So maybe you can make that up through the portal. Maybe you can make it up next year. But you do have to you have to continue to push, man, because this was yeah a little a little bit of a letdown according to what our expectations were. I agree, I agree. And hey, Russ, I mean, they get that Texas A and M commit in January. You never know. Maybe Rodney can work his magic and yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, Brett from uh, the morning show was was uh, uh, DMing me and saying, hey, you know, you, you get Seton and McKinley, and you're right there in the top ten. And, I don't think we're going to get Seton, and we'll see what happens no. with McKinley. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's not done yet. But here's one thing, Russ, that I think you 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 have to acknowledge with Heupel, because I think here in January, early February, you're going to get George McIntyre. That's one really good four-star quarterback in Merk, Merklinger and two elite five-star quarterbacks in Nico and now McIntyre you're recruiting the quarterback position at an elite level. And that's the great equalizer. Because if you got that position, you got something, as we've seen this year. And so I think that's something to um, to acknowledge. And, and, you know, when Heupel got here, we had around, uh, I think, a 30% blue-chip ratio I think in 2021. Mm-hmm. Now we're at around, uh, going into next year, we're going to be around 50%. Nice. He's improved the blue chip ratio in a couple years. It's got to get better. I agree with you, but it's not also the, the sky's not falling either. I, I hang up, Russ. Thanks, man. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate the phone call from Jay to Trey. Good afternoon, Trey. You're on the drive. It's Fan Run Radio. Good afternoon, fellas. Hey, so uh, I was just thinking today in this new era of recruiting, and because that's I'm, you know, what we're all talking about today. How much accountability do you put on the coach versus how much do you put on the NIL collective? Because let's let's be real, the last two or three years, recruiting is, is totally different than it used to be. I mean, not for some schools, but for the rest of them, it is totally different. And for a lot of players, it is a bidding war. And you can sell the development and, you know, we're going to make you into a great, you know, great pro player crap, but 
at the end of the day, kids are going to go where they can get paid. So is it a head coach's fault? I mean, should he be the fundraiser for, you know, getting money into the, into these collectives? But is it is it really his fault if uh, you're not landing these players? Well, I would say for a school like Florida that's having a meltdown today, like I, I don't think that they were unable to come through with their NIL problem. Maybe that maybe they maybe they did. And I, I don't know. I'm not an expert on their situation, they but did have the issue with Rashada last year. Okay, yeah. Okay, so. well, all right. Uh, maybe we owe Sunbelt Billy a little bit of grace there, but outside looking in, and we all know perception is reality at times when we talk about this college football stuff. It seems like he's fallen on his face down there both on the field and off now so um I think that the the coaches bear a lot of responsibility and ultimately they're going to get blamed even if it's not their fault but I think it's interesting like you are seeing you know Mark Stoops this year uh going public basically saying hey don't blame me for losing to Georgia when they can buy a better roster than I can you know, at a smaller level, we saw Jim Mora at UConn express kind of the same thing. It's like, look, I'm doing the best I can here with what I've got to work with. Um, I don't think NIL is much of an excuse for Tennessee. I think they've got plenty of money. It sounded like they had plenty of money for Jordan Seaton, and he he went elsewhere because he went elsewhere. He's kind of a knucklehead. <laughs> so um, – I, I don't know that he gets the blame for that, but um, I, I don't think NIL is a huge hindrance right now for Tennessee. Well, that's the, that's the thing, or else it's this ambiguous thing that we say, like, oh, you know, we've got all this money in the world because we got Nico, but we haven't, I haven't seen us do a lot outside of that that makes me believe we've got a super strong collective. All right. So, so here's I mean, another thing. Here's it. When we talk about the NIL, we're acting like it's just this big number and you just go as high as you want so this is interesting about sensibaugh apparently what happened was missouri went big nil on him right and you say well why didn't tennessee just outbid them well you've already got two four-star corners committed in your class marcus gory and caleb beasley are you going to pay more to sensibaugh who is not rated as highly than you are those two guys and risk creating some disharmony, dysfunction on your roster in your locker room? Do you go back and, and just give those guys, Beasley and Goree, raises just to make them on the same level? Who else do you have to give raises in, in the class if you do? You know, because all these kids talk. Like they know what everybody else is getting behind the scenes, probably. So that's another thing that you have to take into account in all this. It's political. Yeah, no, that's 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 a good point. I mean, I I feel like for for you know the first time in a long time, college coaches, you know, they almost are earning their salaries now with all the crap they have to deal with because it's it's you know you've got to manage this pseudo salary cap and you know coordinate with these collectives, but not really. And yeah, it's got it's got to be a, a a nightmare behind the scenes. But I'm just. I mean, at the end of the day, I really would love to know, which we never will, what our war chest is and what it compares to, like, you know, teams like Alabama and Georgia to know how far off we are. It doesn't seem like Alabama lost a lot in the portal, and it seems like they got plenty. I mean, the, the rich got richer there. Um, if our if our uh, NIL collectives are equal, you think we'd be pulling the same talent as them. Would you not? Yeah. Um, June 29th. 
2023, on3 Sports listed the top 20 most ambitious NIL collectives, and Spire Sports at Tennessee was ranked number one. Yeah, on I love that, that list. article, Russ. Uh, A&M was second, Oregon third, Texas fourth, Miami fifth, so on. So it, it doesn't, again, like what you're saying, I, I don't see exact numbers. Spire told On3 in February the Volunteer Club had procured $13.5 million in NIL deals. So, you know, that's that's what they're willing to, to go public with, um, but – the perception there is that Tennessee is doing very well in terms of its war chest. Yeah, I, I just, I guess, I, if that was the case, you'd think that we wouldn't be having the, the conversations mm-hmm. we're having today. And I'm not saying it's doom and gloom, but I'm saying it's, we're not having, you know, we're, we're not having the success that Auburn or Ole Miss are having right well, now in the but, recruiting but trail. Here's, here's, the, here's what we don't know as it pertains to that, Trey is what kind of success are they and how much are they investing in retaining players? How much do, does Tennessee – we know they've got a ton tied up in Nico, right? $8 million is, is the number that we heard. Yep. Um, they invested in bringing back John Campbell and bringing back Cooper Mace and bringing back Spragans and bringing back Mincy and bringing back Peely, uh, Dante Thornton. It's a big expenditure, still on the roster. Brew McCoy, Brew, yeah. big expenditure, still on the roster. Squirrel ain't paying for free. Um, Sampson already went and you know threatened to go in the portal to get you know up. I'm sure he got a big raise. So there's all these dudes. How many guys like that does Auburn and Ole Miss have? I don't know. Peely, Pierce, all the line, you know. There's a lot there's of money. Still, there's, 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 there's two ways of doing it. You can do it. You know, obviously Lane Kiffin's going the Dion route this year and damn near completely redoing his roster with one-year rentals. I mean, we'll see how that works out. I mean, that's you're rolling the dice there, especially with some of the personalities he's bringing in. I just, I, no. I don't know. I'm, I'm more comfortable. Honest to God, I'm, I'm more, I'm more comfortable, a little bit more comfortable with where Tennessee's at right now. And I would be if I were Ole Miss right now. I mean, there's a lot that goes into Russell's talking about chemistry and politics, man. Kill no, the locker I, I, room. I'm with, I'm with you, Bear. I'm with you. Um, but uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I just feel though, if you have the best nil nil collective, we would things would feel a little bit different. I'm not saying they're doing a bad job. Keeping keeping. Uh, well, how would they feel the players different? We got that are proven. How would they I feel think different? we would land more. I think we would land some more top prospects there. I think that's how. Maybe you know, not a lot, but maybe one, two, three, potentially more top prospects, and and you have a totally different feel to this class. We landed the number one tight end in the really, portal. We did. We did. And that was a, the portal, that was a win. the portal didn't close today. There's still there's still a lot of stuff that can happen. Yeah, I just he's not going after the flash. Both <clears throat> of these things are, can be true. Yeah. Like uh, I think that you you did land some guys that might not show up on the recruiting rankings that we're all looking at today in terms of high school athletes. But you were also you finished bride bridemaid to and not just Seton. Like I don't remember because I forget the names basically just as as soon as they commit somewhere else. But um, Kai Bates. Was one Amari Jefferson? 
Amari Jefferson, uh, yeah. an in-state guy. Like there, there are a, a handful of guys that you swung hard and and missed on, end up going elsewhere. And and this happened a couple of years. Remember all the offensive tackles we whiffed on last year, year ago. Like the the kid who went to Michigan yeah. State for some reason. We were all pissed off about that. Um, like it's been a bit of a recurring theme. So. Uh, it it can yeah. be disappointing and not that disappointing at the same time, if that makes any sense. No, it does. So two more things on the way out, guys. One, um, today is a successful day. I didn't get into any online arguments with any VFLs. So uh, got a cool one-day streak going there with that. And yeah. uh, two, Jamie, you're a punk, you're a clown, you're a coward. That's all I have to say. Wow. Wow. Impressive. He did shy away from that bet yesterday. He turtled. He did. I almost start calling him the turtle. Mm. Kronos, you are no longer the time cop. He's the time turtle now. Tortoise. (laughs) Turtle Jamie. Turtle, turtle, turtle. He said he's still thinking about it. I mean, he, his reputation has taken a beating, a beating the last 24 hours. Like, people thought Jamie was a man. Uh, people thought he was a tough guy. Like, I mean, the odds are stacked or, in his favor. Uh, I mean, Dan has been yeah. like 30 damn years since Barnes has been to the Final Four. He lost a lot of respect. I hate to say it, but he lost a lot of respect. I'm not just talking about from me. I'm talking about from audience. I hear from people – just absolutely stunned that he would turtle like that and shy away from a bet. Trey's got him boxed in right now. I, I don't know how Jamie gets uh, the only way he can get it. You can get a tattoo removed now, right, with lasers? Mm-hmm. Like, he can get the tattoo, and then after that, I, I there's no stipulation that he can't get it removed. It's more expensive to get it removed than it is to have it put on. It's also kind well, of painful. Well, he's getting, he's getting it put on for free. Yeah. I mean, how much – basically how much is your reputation worth to you because right now jamie's reputation is just it's down there in the mud she's getting trampled on i mean who has a better reputation on the show right now jamie or butch jones oh i thought you're gonna go butch jamie jones or... is ass i mean you could tell me that a lot of things about butch jones he never shied away from a bet or a challenge or anything did he well, it's not just yeah. All the all the Barnes bashers turtled up on this one. Last time I checked, Butch Jones is playing in a bowl game on Saturday. I mean, we haven't we haven't heard from uh, uh, Polish Joe since it was posed to him. He disappeared. Yeah, oh, uh, he phew. he went ghost. That's brutal. Entered witness protection, man. Yeah, where you at, Poly Joe? Can't even get good spaghetti Rose sauce. Petals. He'll live the rest Rich of his life like a schmuck. Pathetic. Stay with us. The drive continues. It's Fan Run Radio. Quick timeout. We're back with more right after this. The Drive. Fan Run Radio. The Drive continues. Early signing day edition of the show Tennessee hovering right at 12 slash 13 according to on three in 247 sports in the national recruiting rankings this does not take into account the transfer portal so 
I feel like we, we've got to come up with a better way to just evaluate this stuff, man. We A more all-inclusive, all-encompassing rating metric. Because that is a big part of it. I, I did see like some people were piling on Colorado, for instance, because they're ranked like in the 60s. Right. They've only got nine commitments. Yeah, but they're, but they're number one in the transfer pool. They've got like 15 guys from yeah. there. So there's got to be a way to combine those two numbers for one overall number that gives you a good yeah. picture of like what these programs are all doing in terms of talent acquisition. Yeah, it's just tough now too because guys coming out of high school, they know that these coaches are actively trying to recruit guys in the portal. So you're just maybe not as inclined to go somewhere because of it. Run through uh, some of these, because a lot of these names I forgot. Like we we all know Ross is the five star rush end. Heupel in his Twitter called him a quote tackling machine this morning. Sounds like something I'd say. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, he, he's going to be a good one, man. I. We're kind of stacked at that position. You do wonder, oh, yeah. like, how does he even see the field Because next all year? these defensive linemen that they're bringing in are edge rushers, and you know, you've know you got the other guys like your Shandavian Bradleys and Tyree Weathersby's that are still well, going to be within the program. Well, Caleb Herring was the number one player in the state last year, edge rusher, and he didn't get on the field for anything meaningful this year. No. He played a little bit, but no, nothing. He's playing behind you know, Baron and Pierce. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying is that's what Jordan Ross is going to, to encounter next year. He's going to be playing behind Pierce and Herring you gotta, you gotta slash Josephs. You got to sell them on just like you have to sell your running backs. That's how we do it. First year you get your feet wet. Second year. I don't think that's what they're selling. I think they're selling them on he's going to play, but are they going to be able to keep him happy if that's not the case? Maybe, maybe he's so good he just leapfrogs a couple of guys and, and he plays, but – I don't know. Receivers, uh, Mike Matthews, obviously the five star. Like he's already on campus practicing, right? He looks good. Yeah, he's here. Braylon Staley, is he here yet? I don't know. I know he signed his letter pretty recently, though. Heupel does not sign a bunch of wide receivers, but the ones he gets are pretty good. He's very, he's very, very selective, isn't he? Yeah, very I mean, particular. Five star Mike Matthews sounds like a star. Like they're. You know, we we talk about Ross getting on the field. Matthews, I don't, I don't think he's coming to sit either. Not at all. Staley from Aiken, South Carolina, consensus four star, top one hundred type prospect. He sounds like a really good, really good prospect. Uh, Boo Carter already on campus, four star from Bradley Central, down in the Chattanooga area. Where are they going to play him? Is he a I think he's a safety. Yeah. safety. Heupel did say that he really likes his abilities as a return man, so maybe that's in the future somewhere. Oh, interesting. Are we try and get uh, D. Williams to come back. Can can he have a COVID year? I have not thought about that. You should think about that. I should. <laughs> Surely Heupel's thought about that. Uh, I love Boo Carter. I, I hope he gets to make an impact, but I will sign up for another year of, of D. Williams punt return extraordinaire right now. Yeah, that'd be nice for Tennessee and uh, just to flip the field on special teams with him. Caleb Beasley was the number one player in the state this year, according to ESPN. Number two at on three, number five at 247. Uh, suffice it to say, he's, he's a good prospect. 5'11", 
170 out of Lipscomb Academy. He will figure in to the cornerback. Probably not going to see him next year because we don't play freshman corners for some reason, but be useful down the road. Good sounding prospect for sure. Quarterback Jake Merklinger, Calvary Day School in Savannah, Georgia, 6'3", 195. The number 13 quarterback in the nation per 247, pro style. We hope we don't see him next year. Yeah, it doesn't sound <laughs> like Heupel is looking to get a guy through the portal to be Nico's insurance plan. We so. all wanted to see Nico this year. I don't yeah. think anybody wants to see Merklinger next year. No, no. offense to Merklinger. Like, I, I do think he's he's a good insurance policy, but I, I don't think the coaches were comfortable with playing Nico as a true freshman. I don't think anybody's comfortable with Merklinger as a true freshman. I don't freshman. think so either. Maybe we should. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm being overly harsh, but hopefully he gets to redshirt, mop-up duty, playing behind Nico and Gaston. Where did Cam McKell finally land? Cam McKell. I believe he went to Colorado. He did end up there. Yeah. Bennett Warren, four-star offensive tackle from Fort Bend Christian Academy in Sugarland, Texas. He's a big boy. He's a big one. Sugarland. 340. You don't grow up in Sugarland and not carry a couple extra pounds, I guess. Where is Sounds like it. It's in Texas. I realize that, Jack. Peyton Lewis, six foot, one hundred ninety pound, um, consensus four star running back from Salem, Virginia. Problem, not a guy that we've talked much about. He's kind of gone under the radar in this class. Committed a long time ago, like back in the summer, I think. Yeah, I just remember us talking about how if you have a name like Peyton and Lewis as a last name, uh, <laughs> you're, you're destined to do great things in Panto One Five One C. Sugarland's a suburb of Houston. All right. William Satterwhite, offensive guard, 6'3", 295, another consensus four-star prospect. Tennessee beat out Clemson for him. He's from Akron. Satterwhite's a strong college football name. It is. Like. Yeah, it's a good offensive lineman name. Yeah, Satterwhite. Big Bill Satterwhite. Billy Satterwhite. So, again, like he's a guy that probably headed towards a redshirt year, I would think, with all the experience returning on the offensive line and, you know, just – Feed him protein shakes and lock him in the weight room. Feel like you got to. Deer antler spray. Have him shower in it. I'd pick it up Major Sprague's vibes, just like looking at him, just the 6'3", 295 yeah. from Akron. Like that's a hard blue-collar town. Yeah, along, along the same lines as East St. Louis. Yeah. Max Anderson, another consensus four-star Offensive lineman from Frisco, Texas, 6'5", 300. I wonder where Frisco is. That's in Dallas. <laughs> we talked about that yesterday, didn't we? We like did. The, the Frisco Bowl was last night. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I won that bet, UTSA. Yeah. I just saw that Frank Harris wasn't going to play, and I just got, damn it, because I bet it over the weekend. Yeah. And then I woke, up to out, a, yeah, I woke up to a good 15-point Whichever nice. McCown kid that was worked out for them uh, – I will say that Nate Anderson, his brother, committed elsewhere. I, mm -hmm. I forget where exactly it is, but I know Tennessee he transferred was, from Oklahoma. Yeah, right? Tennessee was trying to get in on him. Yep, uh, I think that's a another sign and stash red shirt. Get him bigger, stronger. See what you got in twenty twenty five type prospect. Edwin Spillman, 
one of the top players in the state out of Lipscomb Academy, where he was a teammate of Caleb Beasley. And, uh, yeah, this dude's a a stud. Consensus four-star middle linebacker. Yep. So, I I would imagine that's another guy that you – Keeping the fold there for a little bit, you know, maybe you have Arion Carter over him that first season. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, Peely back as well. Kellen Lindstrom, six foot six, two forty. They list him as an edge guy, but oh, it's six six, two forty already in high school. Like that's that's got six six, two seventy five written all over it. Here in two or three years ago, and I kind of see him on the strong side end position, if not defensive tackle. Yeah. Which we need tackles, man. They, they do need tackles. We lose everybody at that position after this season. That's true. Big O and Omar Norman Lott would both be out the door. Elijah Simmons yeah. gone. Garland's already gone, I believe. Yes. I, I think you you miss more than that. I feel like I'm leaving somebody out, perhaps. But you're gonna you're gonna lose at least those three, if not four or five. Like they. They're going to have to hit the portal yeah. hard. And they were already kind of thin there this season as well. Jordan Burns, uh, we mentioned him. No, I, I didn't mention him. I, I got him mixed up. Okay, With Jordan that's Ross. What, that's what I did this morning. Okay, yeah, uh, Jordan Burns is the guy that Hypo called a tackling machine. He's from Atlanta, Pace Academy. Four-star on ESPN and Rivals. you got to be a tackling machine to play linebacker, don't you? Should be. Uh, Go Ree, also from Bradley Central with Boo Carter, four-star on on three. Listed as a safety, but I'm hearing probably going to start out at corner. Yeah, but don't 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 worry about it just yet because they don't play freshman corners. It's a good point, Tucker. A lot of promise though there with him. Uh, Jamal Wallace is the JUCO. Defensive lineman that bulked that we up, just, uh, yeah, that gained a hundred pounds in a year. I mean, if, if Bear, if if you had to gain a hundred pounds in twenty twenty four, do you honestly think you could do it? Me right now? Yeah, no. I don't have any. Like I've been gradually, and you guys haven't noticed because you see me every day. But I've been steady losing weight. I don't have my appetite's gone. I don't know that I could do it. it Tucker could probably do it. He's a growing boy. He could get on that. Now we got a, we diet. got a, we got a couple of hosses at the at the station that I, I think could definitely for sure. In a year. Yeah. Well, I will say just looking at the physique of this guy, he could probably fill in that interior D line spot, at least for a year or so. Now I put on the most I've ever put on in one year was probably. I I put on about sixty in one year. Jeez. It was from senior year in high school to – Were you doing just living at McDonald's? Uh, Pounded beers? We drank no, beer? I, no. Liked beer? I, I Still really, liked beer? I, I, I wasn't fat. I just – right after high school, I started gaining a lot of weight. Speaking of size, the biggest prospect in Tennessee signing class today is Jeremiah's Heard from Rome, Georgia, listed at six foot eight, two ninety three. That's intriguing. As a big man. Four-star on on three. What position does he He's play? He's three-star on the others. He's Good listed pl- as a defensive lineman, but you, you kind of wonder, does he have a home at offensive tackle at some point? But again, what we were just talking about with the defensive lineman, and I, I've seen some people talking about 
um, Nathan Robinson and Trevor Duncan, who signed last year and redshirted. And a lot of people wonder, do those guys flip from D-line to, to offensive line, especially Duncan? But the feeling inside the building is they lose so many defensive linemen off next year that they wouldn't have anybody left. So they're almost like going to have to keep those guys on the defensive line. And one wonders if Jeremiah's Hurd doesn't fall into that same category. 6'8", that's awfully tall for a defensive tackle. It's a big and Well, I mean, John Henderson was about that big. I mean, if he has some athleticism to him, maybe you could use him as like a – field goal blocker or something was big john that tall just just stand there and just, just stand straight up and put yeah. your hand straight up and just hop <laughs> get that vertical leap up there Idris farouk from baltimore safety consensus three-star guy he committed pretty early in the process farouk. i think they like him from the nation of domination and then a couple of offensive tackles kind of project kids gage ginther from Colorado, number one player in the state of Colorado. It's not so great for Dion then if he's not landing the top player in his home state. It's a pretty good offensive lineman name, though. Yeah, it Gage is good. Gage Ginther. It sounds like a cowboy. Here comes old Gage Ginther riding his hoss into camp again. He's going to fix us beans for supper. Hey, Gage. Jesse Perry. Another uh, tackle prospect, 6'6", 275, from Middle Tennessee Christian School in Murfreesboro. Almost assuredly headed to redshirt plan. It's fine. Yeah. Carson Gentle from Macaulay. Caught a touchdown in the state championship game. He's listed as a defensive lineman. Again, like I, I kind of wonder, like, could you make a center out of him? Could he play tight end? He looked pretty good playing tight end for Macaulay. Yeah. In the game I saw. They, they've got to find a replacement for uh, Cooper. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cole Harrison just committed yesterday. Junipero Serra High School in San Mateo, California, 6'6", 215, three-star. And then you got the, the three transfers who were announced today. Holden Stays, Jermod McCoy from Oregon State, and Jacoby Thomas from MTSU. So, there you have it. The class of 2024. Who will be the stars? Who will be the guys who stay and play? And who will be the guys that we'll be talking about in the portal? We'll talk about like five years from now. Hey, remember that guy? No. Still won't be able to achieve J.J. Peterson's status, probably. No, probably Where is he at? I have tried to find out that question for weeks on end, and I, I have no idea where J.J. Peterson is. It's almost 5 o'clock. What's the chance that he's at a Golden Corral somewhere? Just chowing. Mm. Ate himself was, out of college football. Was it? Was he fat or like – Grades. Thought, he, he wasn't fat. Yeah, he showed up He was overweight. Yeah, he was overweight out of shape, but he just – Remember how mad Pruitt was after all that stuff they did to get him and get him out of the this is probably me. I had too much cornbread. Stay with us. The drive continues. Open up the phone lines here. You want to jump in. You've got thoughts on signing day. Uh, Tennessee basketball tomorrow. John Tarleton State. This is going to be another 30-point spread, isn't it? Probably. They're better than Georgia Southern, though. It's, it we'll tips off sure what, you tomorrow, get, 630. Yeah. Are you sure you don't need to leave right now? Do you get a beat on this traffic out here? I mean, it's kind of thick out there, Tucker. I'm good. I don't need – what is that? 25 hours to get there 
Stay with us. The Drive continues. More of your phone calls coming up. The Drive. Hey, Russell Smith here. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, streaming online, fanrunradio.com, your free Fan Run app, a variety of ways for you to experience the program. Major shakeup coming to Fan Run Radio. So I was getting ready to ask you, I was sitting here thinking. About 24 hours out from the big announcement. <clears throat> Should we sit down and evaluate our uh, where we stand with our collective? Make some moves? We are accepting donations. Yes. So that's that's the the human fund, right? Yeah, we need more donations for sure to the NIL collective. We're ever going to afford a talent like Houston Cress, who's entered the portal officially today. But I don't know, man. We've spent so many years dogging him. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, uh, I mean, it, it opens up a, a big gap in, in the mornings with Nate gone and, and, and Houston apparently on the move so it caught me by surprise i could tell you that we will be set to announce our new morning show uh tomorrow at 5 p.m right here on on fan run radio Ooh. so that's very exciting Ooh. very exciting stuff here uh be sure to tune in for that and hopefully we get some clarity on the houston situation as well i did not see this thing kind of kind of blindsided not not quite as bad as I know the Tyler Barron deal. I know you don't deal with change very well. I mean, this has got to be very stressful for you. Yeah, my stress level's been through the roof the past couple of weeks. Cody's leaving. That's the big one. Is that a fat joke? No, it's the fact that men, he's we've always had each other's backs around you jackals. In Whoa. Here. You guys always, everybody always picks, you know, you guys pick at us. Make fun of us. Call us that's stupid. Not, that's not true. Oh, come on, dude. That's not true. We're the, we're the guys that always get everybody in trouble. Do the stupid stuff. <laughs> you said that, not me. Oh, old firearm thing. Yeah. Cody with the Catholic Church. I, I mean, I, I don't say these things. These, these things happened. You're saying them right now. A couple I, I, of incidents of saying uh, things on air that I shouldn't have. Although, in my defense, to quote Marcus Young, in my defense, first of all, I was heavily medicated a couple of times when I was sick that I said some pretty crazy things. I would love nothing more than to forget the firearm incident, the red button incident, whatever else is on Sister your Jean, whatever top happened. Ten. There. Yeah, I, I would. I would love for. I mean, you keep bringing it up though. You guys were kind of mean to us over the years. Wouldn't let us come to the meetings. I didn't tell you to squeeze that trigger, Bear. I didn't tell you to push the red button. I mean, sure, we all thought about it, but none of us actually did it. And what kind of guy attacks an entire faith? I mean, that's just low rent. Um, sorry. You like Pat Forty and the rest of the Pearl Clutchers. I'm sorry. Still to this day, didn't read the tweet correctly. Didn't read the tweet correctly. Cody's tweet. Yes. It was three words. What did I miss one? Yeah. The fourth <laughs> one. Nobody ever saw the fourth word. What was the fourth word? Everyone. Oh, it was four words. Yeah. yeah. What what am I missing? You you think that made it better? 
All right, we don't. Just, we don't have to relitigate this. I'm telling. I don't want. I, this is what I'm talking about. What? I I don't want to talk about this. You you, you set things, the trap. The things that were said about my friend, who I'm going to miss terribly, were all true. Were a hundred times worse than that tweet. <laughs> you aren't over here answering the phones. You didn't hear what some of those people said. He attacked Sister Jean with an expletive, bro. What's wild is uh, he he went from being uh, the, the some of my associates that may or may not coach or have coached at Catholic high school. He he went from being public enemy number one on their list to uh, their favorite fan run personality. Redemption song. Oh, Emancipate yourself from yeah. mental slavery. Go ahead, sing, Bear. I, I want to hear your reggae. Bob Marley? Your, yeah. No, I can't. I want to hear it. Uh-uh. I heard a little bit of it. It was even worse than I imagined. Ah, oh, shut up. If I could- You owe it, Cody McClure an apology. This committee owes an apology. An apology, Senator. Senator, an apology. I'm sorry. Have you ever apologized for Cody for any of the dirty stuff you've done over the years that, to that guy? That I've done to Cody? Yes. What have I ever done to Cody? Let me think. Name one thing I ever did to you Cody You tried McClure. to talk him into accepting like a two-month suspension over the Sister Jean thing. No, I, I did not try to talk him into accepting a two-month suspension. So that that's false. But even if I, even if I did, like... That's a that's a terrible that that's the first thing that pops in your mind is like sins I've committed against your buddy Cody. Come on, dude. I just don't feel like you ever showed him the Pathetic. respect you deserved. Pathetic. I feel like I'm the only person that's gonna miss him around here. Rest of you bums don't. I'll miss him. You'll miss him torturing Tuck or uh, Marcus. No, it's it, Cody doesn't torture him the way John does. John just holds him accountable. I'm told D. Williams. Does not have another year. Yeah. We figured that out. It's too bad. He was electric with the ball in his hands. Jesse says, Russ, speak for yourself. I hope to see a lot of Merklinger next year. I hope to see a lot of Merklinger in mop-up duty. I, I hope he gets four games where he gets to go in there and play a lot and gets to throw about – you know, 60, 70 passes on the year, gets meaningful game time experience while still retaining his red shirt year. I, I just hope that – I was just making the observation that if we see him for any extended period of time, it's probably because Nico either A, sucks, or B, got hurt, both of which are disaster scenarios that I don't want to see. Right. Boy, Florida's uh, taking it on the chin today, aren't they? I saw they, held, they did hold on to uh... – one of their big ones here. Lagway, the yeah, quarterback. Lagway. It's too bad, man. Sinking ship, buddy. They are number 14 in the on three recruiting rankings, number 15 on 247 Sports. They were as high as number three just like a month ago, right? Yeah, I know. Billy Napier was stacking up that good class, which was just kind of weird considering that he – had that down year, and you know he has another down year, and now he's starting to lose big in the recruiting game. Uh, it's kind of what happens if you what they 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 didn't win. What was the last game they won? Uh, maybe South Carolina. A precipitous decline 
for the Gators. Got to win that game next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to, man. Non-negotiable. Feel like the drive has been pretty stalwart in its defense of Josh Heupel through any just hint of a challenge that he's had. I'm not saying he loses me if he loses to Florida next year, but he loses a big part of me. A big part of me. Go from being in lockstep to kind of just like standing over the side like, really, dude? Casting a disappointed glance his way. Must win. Must win game. Calling it right now. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Got to have it. Hour number three of The Drive coming up on many of these fan-run affiliates. Stay with us. It is The Drive. More fan-run radio coming up. The Drive. White Claw is 